last week, last Sunday, we were <clears throat> talking about, we were using a phrase um, referring to our emotional home. And uh, I was saying a little bit about uh, how we can understand our emotional home as sort of one and the same as our second chakra, Svadhisthana. But to elaborate on that for a moment, uh, if we speak about an emotional home, what we're really referring to is a tendency to come back to a familiar place within ourselves. And this place within ourselves is so familiar that when we are with it, we tend to view the world in a kind of static way. You know, we'll view the world or ourselves or both, ultimately they're the same thing, in a way that is sort of fixed, in a way that is somewhat predictable because you've experienced it so many times before. Take for example uh, that perhaps your emotional home were the position of being a victim. You would tend to look at life as victimizing you and you would tend to feel probably powerless hopeless, despairing over the condition of your life. So you would notice yourself over time returning to being uh, a victim again and again and again and again. And it would be a repetitive experience. Now for most of us, we don't realize that that's even going on. We don't realize that we are again and again returning to a familiar emotional home or a familiar what I also call reference point. Right? That when we're upon it, everything seems to look a certain way, you know? One of the things that most people will say when they're with their emotional home, <laughs> this reference point, is they will have the clear feeling that they do not feel like themselves. You know? And you can know that really profoundly when for a moment you step outside of that emotional home. Because one of the things that people often say then is, I feel more like myself now. Whatever that may be, I feel more joyful, I feel more peaceful, I feel more alive, I feel more open, I feel more relaxed, I feel stronger. There's a whole host of different qualities that arise when we say, I feel more like myself. Uh, the reason for talking about this today is that this familiar reference point that we have within us also comes with a tremendous cynicism, which I was talking about in class. And cynicism is this very strong force that exists within us. In one sense, it is what tells us that we need to be hard or that we need to be guarded to live in this world, right? We all have, every single one of us in this room and beyond this room have the experience at some point, at least one experience where our heart was hurt, where our heart was broken, where our innocence was betrayed, where our trust was broken. We all have at least one experience, even if it's just a small, insignificant one. But I would imagine that we all have less than uh, small experiences of that. And there's a tendency when you've had your experience, when you've had your heart broken, when you've had your trust betrayed, to form a sort of thick layer <clears throat> around your heart, 
what Rumi calls a glass cover. And <clears throat> this glass cover over time, which maybe in, in an initial moment almost serves you in a way to help clarify your heart, to help keep you strong enough to move through the thing that just happened, over time becomes very uh, cloudy, moldy, stinky, you know? Over time becomes rusty and uh, corrosive and all these other things, right? So what maybe even at first serves us turns out, turns out to be a sort of poison. And that poison is what I'm referring to by cynicism. It's the quality of giving up on ourselves and the quality of giving up on each other and the quality of giving up on this planet, you know? It's a quality of surrendering to hopelessness, or not surrendering, let's say resigning. It's a quality of resigning to being hopeless. Right? And the most difficult thing, I think, is to discover where this has happened in you. Because most of us don't want to think of ourselves as somebody who has resigned to being hopeless, or someone who has given up uh, caring for themselves, or giving up caring for each other. But this has happened in all of us, to some degree or another, you know, it tends to be in degrees. Some people have shut down completely, and some people have just shut down a little bit. But to understand this cynicism inside of us is to understand that though we have been injured in our experience, though our trust has been betrayed, though we've had our heart broken, the real tragedy is the tragedy of living under the uh, protection of this armor and this cynicism and the real uh, the real kicker with it is that it doesn't protect you anyway right that this cynicism which we carry to protect our heart doesn't protect your heart in the least because you can still be hurt you still find yourself trusting and undergoing the experience of your trust being betrayed Right? So even though we have this armor, which seems very tough and solid and real, it doesn't even really do the thing it's set out to do. You know? So there's something, there's something intended when we talk about living with heart here, when we talk about really giving our life to that spiritual war that I mentioned. And remember, when I say war, I'm not speaking of an act of violence. In the spiritual sense, war is uh, not fought with violence. Right? I know language is tough in this way because war fighting automatically is the language of violence. But we're speaking of a different fight. Right? And it's the fight, in a sense, to be true to ourselves. And it's a fight to reclaim that which has been lost, that which has been replaced by cynicism. You know? And cynicism takes many forms. You know, it takes the form of complaining. It takes the form of gossiping. It takes the form of trying to control things. It takes the form of being bitter. Uh, it takes the form of being afraid. It takes the form of feeling like other people out there have more power than you do, you know? It takes the form of waging a war against those who have what you think you don't have, whatever that may be, power, money, influence, fame, looks, doesn't matter. Any way in which you feel threatened is where your cynicism is operative in your life. Right? 
So we're here, in a sense, to end all that, to end that, that war, which is a violent war. Right? And that is done by practicing a path with heart, right? to practicing with heart. And I hope you heard me when I said that when I refer to heart, I'm not referring to something sentimental. I'm not referring to something gushy and emotional, like cotton candy, soft and sweet. You know? I'm referring to something, yes, it has those qualities. Yes, there's an incredible tenderness and gentleness uh, in the love that exists inside of us. But there's also tremendous courage. There's also tremendous strength in us. Right? So when we endeavor to take up a path with heart, we're simultaneously taking up an experience where we are open, available, willing to let life in, willing to let life touch you, reach you, to reach into your heart, you know, to reach in through the numbness and the not feeling, to really touch the heart, but not to just simply end up a weak, pathetic, emotional runt, you know. The purpose of doing so, the purpose of opening oneself, the purpose of letting life in is not to become uh, a fool. It's not to become a new age, you know, love and lighty, as they're sometimes called. It's to become a warrior. I mean, it's to become someone who lives with love as a fierceness, as an intensity, you know. So to realize that to be open and to be available to life takes more strength, takes more courage than it does to be cynical, it's a profound realization. And it's something that comes to us in degrees as we realize how much we are hiding, how much we are holding back, how much we're unwilling to show the world who we are, what we are, what we have to offer. You know? So that's what we're doing. We're practicing a path with heart. And if you're faint-hearted, you won't last, you know? You'll find the task of living according to your heart too much. Too much to bear, too much to face, too much to endeavor. And you'll find yourself quitting or resigning to being cynical for a while, you know? After 10 years or 10 lifetimes, you'll come back and say, oh, you know what, it's time to be done with this cynicism. But the path of heart is certainly not one for those who feel weak. Now, you can feel weak and practice a path with heart. There's no problem in that. But there's a certain level of, of are you up to it? Are you up to it? Are you up to facing this world? And I don't mean with some positive rose-colored glasses, but are you up to facing this world in a way where you're not just going to resign and nor, so you're not going to resign. You're not going to look at the world and the situation. You're not going to read the newspaper and say, oh, I give up. It's all hopeless. And you're also not going to look at the newspaper and then say, you know what? This pisses me off. I'm going to fight with everybody about it, right? It's a path in between. It's a path in between resignation and violence, right? It doesn't fit into either category. Both ways are cowardly. The way, of the, res the, one, the way of the one who resigns is to be a coward. The way of the one who fights and wars with the force outside of themselves, that's another way of being a coward. They're both cowardly ways, right? They're both half-hearted in a sense. 
we're called into something deeper. You know? If you hear this call, if you feel this call, you're called by something deeper. Where you know it's not acceptable to resign and it's not acceptable to fight. So what does that leave you with? It leaves you with the quality of being a warrior. It leaves you with the quality of being, I mentioned jihad. It leaves you with this quality of knowing that these are not your options. Right? And in that is born something else in us. Right? In that is born the path with heart. Because heart is not simply love and light. It's not simply, I'm going to love everybody and I'm going to let them trample all over me and as the environment is polluted, I'll just sit by and smile. It's all good. Right? It, nor is it the path of taking up arms and fighting and you know, posting your violent messages on social media or whatever it is that goes on. You know? It's a space that very rarely a human being finds. But it takes the courage to not resign and the love to not become a fighter. You know? A razor's edge, a very thin line traveling between those two worlds.